Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bibles to the book of First Peter. We're going to be moving on to First Peter chapter two, verses one through three this morning. I hope that you will not find it rude that uh, following the service, I won't be greeting you at the door this morning. Pastor Eubank will be giving the benediction and greeting you at the door. Been a little under the weather this week and don't want to share anything with you. Paul says that uh, the Lord's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So I expect great things this morning from the sermon. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you now in this time. We ask, O oh God, that you would be faithful. That you would pour out your Holy Spirit even upon me at this time, your servant, that I might proclaim your word. We pray, O oh God, that not just despite our weakness, but through our weakness, you would work. And that you would truly show us what it means to become a child. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen. First Peter, chapter two, starting in verse one. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is God's holy word for us, his people. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. I wonder, when was the first time you remember really feeling like you were grown up? When you are young, there are markers like beginning school or losing your first tooth that makes you feel like you're growing up. You get a little older, you can see that you're growing up when you go on your first overnight retreat or you travel by yourself. And through your late teens and into your 20s, there are a flurry of events that can thrust you into adulthood. You graduate from high school, you move out on your own for the first time. You get your first real job and begin supporting yourself. You do your own taxes. You get married. You get a mortgage. You have a child. For me, the marker of becoming an adult was my wedding day. I look back and realize how much of a kid I still was at 21 years old. But at the time, it marked for me that I was beginning my adult life. With my own direction, my own purpose. I was becoming an adult. I was leaving behind my old dependencies and habits to take on a whole new life. In our passage for this morning, the Apostle Peter is teaching us how we as Christians are called to mature. That is the point of the text. If you look down at the second half of verse 2, you see there, Peter is explaining how you may grow up into salvation. He is teaching how we are to mature in our Christian life. But the text offers us a bit of a paradox 
Peter teaches us something that runs counter to our natural inclinations and our own experiences of what it means to grow up in this world. For how are we called to grow up into salvation? We'll look at the first half of verse 2. It begins, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. How are we to grow up as Christians? By becoming like newborn infants. To grow up, you must become like a child. To progress, we must regress. To mature, we must become immature. Jesus says something similar in Matthew 18. There, the disciples asked Jesus, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? To get the force of what Jesus' response is, I think it's important we realize that the word greatest in the verse has a broader meaning within the Greek language, which means large and sometimes even means old. There was such a connection between maturity and greatness that the same word was used for both. So, who is the greatest? Who is the most mature? Who is the oldest in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus? And we read, calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest, is the most mature, is the oldest in the kingdom of heaven. Contrary to what we experience in this world, in the kingdom of God, we become more mature the more we become like a child. When I asked a few moments ago when you first felt like an adult, like you had grown up, for some of you, I am sure that that memory involved a moment of rebellion. Or a time when you saw how the world really works. Maybe you snuck into a rated R movie or you got gave in to peer pressure to not be a baby and go ahead and drink underage or, quote, borrow your parents' car for the night. And you felt like you had grown up. Or maybe you grew up because you were hurt or abused. You were the subject of an injustice or were injured by someone's deception, and you grew up. You lost your innocence. Your naive self was jettisoned for a new mature self, wise to the way the world really works. You woke up to the reality of how things are. If you want to get ahead, you're going to have to play ball sometime. You're going to have to do some things that are questionable. If you want to get your way, you're going to have to use your power, your influence, your cunning, And because of this, we often mark maturity through the loss of innocence. But what our text is telling us this morning is that the way we grow in maturity in the kingdom is not through the loss of innocence, but rather through growing in the innocence of a child. There in verse 1, Peter says, if you look, so put away... All malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. 
growing up into our salvation consists of a process through which we remove falsehoods and rebellion from our lives. Without denying the reality of original sin and the brokenness into which we are all born, we do understand that there is a certain type of innocence that comes with infancy. A newborn child has no deceit or hypocrisy. For they are free from the gardenness that we develop throughout our lives. They are yet pure from the actual works of sin and falsehood. They have done no wrong and have no schemes or deceptions to play. As John Calvin comments on this verse, Malice and hypocrisy belongs to those who have been conformed to the corruption of the world and have imbibed these vices, while what pertains to infancy is honest simplicity free from all guile. To grow in maturity as a Christian, we must revert, as it were, back to a state of innocence. We must forget the hard knocks of the past. We must let go of the callousness and the hard-heartedness that characterizes our lives. And we must embrace the innocence of infancy. Or to say it another way, we must live into the reality that we have been born again. This call to put aside the works of deception and impurity are not given in a vacuum, but rather they are given within the context of the gospel that says that we have been born again and therefore we are newborn infants. In chapter 1, verse 3, we are told God has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verses 22 and 23 of that chapter, we are said we are called to love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again. How are we to act with the innocence of a newborn infant? How are we to put off the practices of deceit and wickedness? Because of the reality that we have been born again. Because the innocence of infancy is what we have been given in Christ. Even more than that, we've been given the innocence of one cleansed by the blood of a pure and spotless lamb. Never to be condemned again. You see, the tragedy of our fallen state is that each innocent infant will not remain so very long. As any parent will tell you, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, these things can show up pretty quickly in our innocent little children. Especially if there's a lot of siblings involved. We all sin. Because we are all born sinners. But the glory of the redemption in Christ Jesus is that each one who comes to Christ in faith has been born anew. And throughout their life, they will grow into their renewed, newborn infant innocence. Maturity in the kingdom, greatness in the kingdom occurs when we become more like a child. Now, as I was asking folks around the office when they felt like an adult for the first time, I kept hearing stories of road trips and travel. 
The first time I felt like an adult was when I planned and took my first road trip on my own. The first time I felt like an adult was when I drove myself to college and looked around and saw that all the other freshmen were babies because they had come with their parents. There's something about getting in a car and going somewhere on your own that speaks of personal independence and growth. And independence is a mark of maturity in this world, right? The mama birdie takes her little chicks and what does she do? She gets them to the edge of the nest and she pops them out. Learn to fly. Catch your own food. Find your own mate. Make your own nest. As parents, we want our children to become self-sufficient, right? We want them to get an education, get training, get a job, get out of the nest, fly on your own. And for a country whose founding identity is embodied in a document entitled the Declaration of Independence, we can be sure that independence is a treasured virtue among us. But in the kingdom of God, we find that it is not independence that the Lord values in His children, but rather maturity in the kingdom is marked by greater levels of dependence upon the Lord. Look at verse 2. There Peter says, Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. You see, an infant child is completely dependent upon his mother to care for him. Throughout the gestation, the child derives all life from his mother. And once born, he still needs the love, care, protection, and nourishment that his mother provides. And there is something that is lovely and pure and sublime about this relationship of reliance and vulnerability between a child and his mother. Contrary to a culture that dehumanizes an infant because of his dependency and deprives an unborn child the protection of life because he is so dependent upon his mother, we see that there is nothing more human, there is nothing more sublime than the dependence of a child upon his mother. And oh, how the Lord desires his children to depend upon him as an infant depends upon his mother. He desires us to run under the shadow of His wing. He wants us to cling to Him, to be held by Him, to be fed by Him. For throughout His Word, we read commands such as, Come to Me and I will give you rest. Come to Me and I will give you nourishment. Come to Me and I will give you life. Maturity in Christ comes not when we grow in independence from our Heavenly Father, but as we grow more and more and more needy and dependent upon Him. And this dependence takes many forms throughout our life, but I think that it is poignantly displayed in the Lord's Prayer. For there we call out to our Father. As children, we call out to our Father and we say, Father, give us this day our daily bread, seeing increasingly more and more each day that everything we have in this world comes from His hand. We call out to Him to forgive our debts, for we see that on our own, apart from His grace, we would have no righteousness. We ask for His power to forgive others because we know that on our own we are spiteful. We call out to Him to guard our path from temptations. 
because as a child we know that we would get lost along the way if it were not for the guiding hand of our Father. And we ask that He would hallow His own name and that He would bring about the advent of His kingdom. For no matter how much we grow in maturity in the kingdom and the power and the glory belong to Him alone. It is ingrained within us that as we grow, we should be more independent, more self-reliant, more self-secure and self-sufficient. But in the kingdom, it should be the exact opposite. We should not be growing up into our salvation through greater and greater independence, but greater and greater dependence upon the Lord. We must grow in our prayers, not because we are stronger, but because we see ever more our great weakness and need. We must go to His Word, not because we've become smarter, but because we recognize that to lean on our own understanding is folly. We don't go to the fountain of living water because we are satisfied, but rather because we are thirsty and we long to have a drink that only the Lord can give. For to mature, we must become more and more dependent upon the Lord. When I lived in South Carolina, I was part of the board for the special needs and disability services. And each year we would throw a big Christmas party in which we would have a special guest that would come for the residents. And without fail, each year as Santa Claus came through the door, residents would call out in jubilation, It's Santa! He's here! He made it! No inhibitions. No self-consciousness. Just sheer joy and desire. Now as we grow up, we learn that it's important to keep your emotions in check. It's childish to get too excited about things. There's to be a stoicism that marks the attitude of those who have matured. It's juvenile to dance for joy, to squeal with delight, to display your desires. But maturity in the Lord is not marked by such reserve, but rather by a deep and visceral longing for the goodness of the Lord. If you look at the end of verse 2 into verse 3, we are to grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, infants have no problem, as you know, displaying to all the world when they want their mothers. They have tasted and they have seen that mommy is good. And so if they're hungry, they cry. If they're lonely, they cry. If they have a dirty diaper, they cry. Why? Because they have learned through experience that mommy is the source of delight and comfort. That mommy means comfort and security in all things good. And through our new birth into the kingdom, we come to taste and see that the Lord is good. We come to experience that as we grow in our innocence and our dependency, that our needs are not just met, but they are abundantly met by the Lord. And that to be dependent upon the Lord is to taste and see that He is good. Maturity in the kingdom is marked by greater and greater desire for the goodness of the Lord. It is marked by deeper and deeper longings for His presence. 
This principle is exemplified in the life of King David. As you will remember, following his ascent to the throne as king in Jerusalem, he moved to have the Ark of the Covenant brought into the city of Jerusalem. And at this occasion, we read that as the ark was being processed up into the city of Jerusalem, David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. That is, David in his joy before the Lord disrobed himself and danced with all of his might for all of Israel to see. When his more dignified and stoic wife saw, we read in 2 Samuel, saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. How immature, how juvenile to show such emotion and joy and impropriety. The king removing his robes and dancing with all his might. The greatest among us acting like a little child. Now, I'm not saying that this must be the expression of your joy and desire before the Lord. I'm naturally a very reserved person, and so my flights of ecstasy look more like others' mild enjoyment of things. It seems like a lot of you are that way as well. But to grow in maturity, there must be longing. There must be desire. There must be a childlikeness and an innocence to your yearning for the Lord. And when you come before Him in worship, you need to be able to cast off the stoicism that you think marks your maturity and come before Him like a child calling out to His mother. One who knows that it is the Lord alone who can fulfill the very deepest desires of your heart because you have tasted and you have seen that He is good. We too must grow up and become like newborn infants calling out to our Lord because He is good. Martin Luther, commenting on the Lord's command to become like a little child, once wrote, Lord, I know that we must become like children to enter the kingdom of God, but must we become like idiots before we can enter the kingdom? Now, Luther was no stranger to the joys and trials of raising children. He and his wife, Catherine von Bora, had six children and adopted four more On top of that. And Luther was very fond of his children and wrote extensively of his love for them. He even once commented that the Lord and all of his angels smile when they see a man for the glory of the Lord changing diapers. But despite all the loveliness of children, isn't there something to be said for leaving behind childish ways? Are we not commanded to grow up in the faith? Doesn't Paul say... When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Are we saying that we are to be childish and immature and impetuous to be mature in the kingdom? Well, of course, we are not saying that. 
Rather, we are saying with the Apostle Paul, brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. We are to be, as the Lord says, wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Or as our text says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. You see, there is no conflict between maturity and infancy in the kingdom of God. For the way that we leave behind childish ways is to grow up in our infant innocence, our infant dependence, and our infant desire for the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord now in prayer. Father God, we come to you now in this time. And we ask that You would cause us by Your Spirit to grow up by becoming like children. That we would grow up in our salvation through innocence. That we would become more and more a child in our dependence. And we pray, O God, That you would give to each one of us a longing and a desire. For we have tasted and seen that you are good. We pray this all in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.